Please don't squish my cookies. <laughs> Welcome to episode nine of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. We're back on the couch with all the dogs who are not settled in. Nope, probably won't be since it's a little later in the day. Because it's really hard, even though we're two weeks ahead, to schedule this stuff. We have things to do on a Sunday and the things, clock runs out on us. Things happen and it's just you can't predict. And Even if you schedule something, it still doesn't really. That's what you ought to be ready for on a farm is for the day to get away from you, even as the days get longer. Yeah, it's almost worse in a way because your schedule keeps changing. Because the days get longer, but then you have more to do, and then everything gets moved. Since like, when do I eat dinner? Before or after I put the animals in bed? It's just a whole... Yeah, if you're in a northern latitude, where the difference between a winter day and a summer day is, is large. Like, we're up in Maine. So for us, it's it's a long summer day and a short winter day. You could actually spend, if you're in Maine or Vermont... You could spend all of the office hours in the daylight at work, but going to work and going home from work is in the dark. And if you're, I'm sure Alaska is laughing at us because Alaska gets drastic. I don't know know how you do it up there because I have what they call sad seasonal. Seasonal affected disorder. Disorder. Which I don't think it's a disorder. I think it's just normal. (laughs) Uh, Well, not everyone suffers from it. And some people suffer worse than others. I suffer pretty bad from it. And my mom got me this natural light that's supposed to be like a sunlight. But do I have time or remember to use it? No. Sorry, Mom. Yeah, people (laughs) around here, it is expected that during the winter we live in a monochrome black and white movie and then in summer everything's color everything's alive yeah castle Castle agrees castle agrees he hates winter the first few days that are 50 degrees and sunny everybody's in a good mood and everybody's best friends yes and then in the winter they're like ah they hate people Um, it's like dark and gray like all the horror movies or yeah it's just not fun so when the days get brighter and longer you're finally able to do things that you could not do in the winter time and the snow fades away and the, the farm is exposed. And then all of the list of things that you need to do before next winter are now on your mind. You can see all the debris. I can see all the debris that I want to clear this summer. Yeah. This, the farm suddenly gets really gross. Cause it's like, Oh, so much bedding everywhere. Cause we had to use it as, for traction. For traction and can't really use a wheelbarrow and three feet of snow. So where do you put it? Oh, just outside the door. <laughs> you, and the the puppy is, <laughs> now is her high energy time apparently. Yeah. We're get, we need to check her schedule. Apparently. We, uh, mm-hmm. we dig through the snow and make a path, but climate change is affecting the winters up here and... We have more warm days, so the snow will melt a little bit and then refreeze. And then you have ice. So you need something so you don't slippy slide all over the farm. So we we toss the bedding from the animal houses into the path. But then it snows again, and then you have to dig another path. 
by the time it's all over in spring, you're like, oh man, what a mess. It's gross. Yeah. So, so but you know, you, you can mark it off and year by year, you're going to build systems and procedures and ways to do things efficiently and it'll work for you. Yeah. So what's today's episode about? Because we're just rambling on. We are rambling, but that's okay. We're giving people information. (laughs) It's important because... I was told that the people want to know us. I mean, right? Who wants boring episodes? (laughs) Well, it's a fine line because we don't want to spend the whole time just talking about our family and our dogs and everything. We do want to be useful, but yeah, people might be a little curious. So where do we draw that line? This whole, all the audio for this is just going to be Aberdeen going. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> she sounds like a little monster because she's so she's part pug. That was Casla. That was Kasla. who's also very vocal. <laughs> yes, we have very vocal dogs. Aberdeen is a puggle technically, but mostly pug. So she snorts and and snores and does all that fun puggy stuff. She's about eighty-five percent pug. And maybe 10 to 15% beagle, something like that. And Casla is our rescue. We have no idea what it what she is, but we keep wanting to do the DNA test, but they're expensive and it yeah. just never happens. She's got a body almost like a little greyhound, but a head like kind of a terrier. She's got thin fur. Yeah, we think like Italian greyhound. She does not like winter, but she loves to run. Oh, this puppy is amazingly annoying. <laughs> To get to some kind of topic, I'm really honestly just going to edit this later and I'm just going to pick the topic from whatever we ramble on about, to be honest. Sounds good. Because we only have, because we started late, we only have less than an hour before their and we can't, dinner time. So we, you know. We can't reschedule and it's difficult for us to do one during the week. There's, yeah, there's no time during the week. There's this with the bakery stuff, with the farm stuff, with his real job. But there's never it's, time for anything anyway, so we got to figure it that's out. That's true. It's hard. I will say this. Now that we're into the warmer weather, I can, like in the morning, my morning routine is that I will, I'll go out there with the jugs of water that we've talked about, the 40-pound, five-gallon jugs. Right now we have the hoses laid out. But we have to open them up, turn the water off, and open up all the the connections so that when they freeze, nothing breaks. Pretty soon, that won't be necessary anymore. And when things are no longer frozen in the mornings, we won't have to carry those jugs of water, and it'll all be water hoses. And things become so much easier. We're in the transition time right now. So stuff is still kind of hard during the morning, but easy in the afternoon. Uh, Except the goats still want their warm water, no matter what time of day it is. They do. The the warm water is still a delicacy that they desire. They're greedy. And a five-gallon jug, we fill in, we fill two buckets, and they empty them. They just drink it all. <laughs> and then i got to fill it the rest of the way. It's still kind of light when we try to get to bed because Kara has to get up. For example, on Saturday when we have a farmer's market, Kara bakes everything that morning. And then I go do the farmer's market. So she basically gets up yesterday. She, she gets up at like midnight. And people will ask, well, why don't you just bake the day before? Here's why. Because you're at these markets and people have the need to 
touch the product to see if it's squishy or fresh. And obviously it's going to be fresh, but for whatever reason, at a farmer's market, they need to touch everything. Would they do that in a regular bakery? Probably not. It would be behind a glass case. And if I could afford a glass case, I would get one. But here we are. They're all prepackaged, but they still want to squish them. I'm like, please don't squish my cookies. That should be a saying, really. Yeah. But <laughs> that would be taken the wrong way. <laughs> that would be taken. But it's true. It's and like, yet it's a t-shirt. And then if they squish them and they get broken, are they going to buy them? More than likely not. No. I'm like, hmm. People. So the bread I understand a little bit because gluten free bread is often cardboard, crumbly cardboard. And if they were to pick up one of you know one of your bagels on the package, or we have a package of two, they could feel that it feels like a real bagel. Yeah. So I can understand a certain amount of it. But well, the- another issue of mine, I have I don't know, I'm like I have OCD and a whole lot of other anxiety issues, but a lot of the times people will buy something at the market and want to eat it right then. And if I had made it a day before, the two days before, um, it won't be as good. I mean, it'll still be delicious, obviously, but fresh is always the best. And gluten-free tends to get a little hard as it sits it's just it's just the flour compounds that happen i'm not exactly sure but the trouble is gluten there's no there's no gluten so there's no like elasticity gluten is a mechanical thing that makes the bread stretchy and springy that's that's what it is yeah so So if it's sitting on the counter for a day or two it gets less springy and then people are like it's kind of stale, isn't it? It's not, because it's not stale. It's just with with gluten free bread, you have to you have to do something to replace that mechanical role that the gluten plays. So I think it's the xanthan gum. Well, that helps bind it. it helps bind it. Okay. It's not the yeah. It, I can't say that word again. I had it. Once. Elasticity. It won't happen again, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the gist is. People have been using wheat for thousands of years, and they've got it figured out. And now we're trying to create similar products with different flours. And there's no silver bullet. She uses different flour mixes for different things. And at the end, she achieves something that's that's pretty good. Like the bagels, to me, your bagels taste like regular bagels that I've yeah. had anywhere else. I don't even remember. And I boil and bake them, folks. That's all right. <laughs> it's an inside We'll joke, tell that story. But... There's... Uh, there's a, an old lady that came to our booth and asked us if we boil or bake the bagels. And she didn't say, do you boil them? She says, do you boil them or bake them? And what well, both. Both. And she's like, you can't do both. And, yeah, we do both. And then she said, Steve doesn't. Okay, who who is Steve? Steve just boils them apparently Steve, yeah. and then just throws them at you. That was the insinuation because <laughs> she, she she's like, we, we we bake them. We boil them and then we bake them. Steve, Steve doesn't. So Steve, the context from what she said was that Steve doesn't bake. He just boils. <laughs> and 
so when you order a bagel from Steve, he gives it to you and it goes splat on the counter and I guess you just deal with that. Yeah, the the things out of some of these customers' mouths, as much as I love them, it's like, wow. I think that particular lady <laughs> is someone that is on the edge of needing someone to go places with her. She's not quite sharp like she used to be. Not all there. Yeah, so I we, I, we kind of let it go, but that first day, we, just, we didn't know who she was. How, how do you even answer that? It's like, yeah, uh, like what, what is wrong with you, lady? Um, obviously, I bake them, and I boil them first. Yeah. So Now and, it's like, I see her now at the market, I'm like, okay, she's not she's not 100%. <laughs> so that's okay. We'll, we'll work around it. It's okay. But yes, because I'm from New York, so I got to boil my bagels, and then I bake them. We've actually had people who were from New York uh, compliment your bagels. Yes, so it's high praise, so yay. Because I know you get worried because you don't remember eating. Yeah, I don't remember what a regular like, bagel tastes like. It's I know been it's, too long. Yeah, it's been 12 years, 13 oh my goodness. years. I don't even know. But you, yeah, it's it's good. I, oh, it's been okay. a long time since I've had one, but it's it's been less than you because when I'm on a trip or something, I might get one. But it's because I, I eat gluten free too. Because now that I work from home, I'm not on the train and I'm not like I'm not going around places. I, I go everywhere with Kara or I stay at home. So when I would ride the train into Boston, I might get a coffee and a bagel on the way into work or something. Yeah, and Kara's bagels were. Pretty much, they were the same as any other bagels. I mean, I, I kind of prefer hers, to be honest. They're yummy. And they're vegan, unless, you know, I make Asiago or... Yeah, if you put something. cheese on it. But yeah. other than that, because we've had a, a number of people at the bakery that uh, are vegan or a lot of people are lactose intolerant, if they're also... Me, as am I. Yeah. So, so a lot of dairy-free people, a lot of vegan people... So she just started figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we, a lot of the farm revolves around the bakery. Yeah. Because the money she makes with the bakery kind of goes directly into the farm, really. <laughs> and a lot of my money goes, that I make at my work, goes directly into the farm. The farm takes up a lot of money, which I think people don't really understand. It's not just labor, it's money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. If you have tons of money, like if you ever watch that yeah. show, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Clark, what is it? Clark's. Clarkson Farm. Clarkson Farm. It's J uh, Jeremy Clarkson, I think. Yeah, British guy. He was on that show Top Gear. It was like a car show. Watch that and see how much money. I mean, he has all the money, right? But. We're very similar because I have all the ideas that he has as well, except I have none of that money. So right. for us to be able to do my ideas, it's basically going to debt and that's, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, no other way around. So we wound up uh, having to, we wound up going into a bit of debt for stuff on the farm and then our payments were really high from various things and we got a letter from the bank uh, not, offering not a foreclosure not a bad letter <laughs> we got a, a letter from the bank saying hey you want to get a, a home equity loan and 
And we didn't think of ourselves as really having equity because we've only been here a couple years. So I was like, well, I mean, let's look. <laughs> this puppy is driving me nuts. See, but it was like, let's let's look. You know, let's check, you know. And it turned out we did have plenty of equity and we were able to take all of our debt, uh, including credit cards, and put it into a home equity loan. And the monthly payment from that was drastically lower because it was one payment to a bank with a steady interest rate instead of all these other things, credit cards and whatnot. So that makes everything financially a lot easier. And it also allowed us to get our footing and kind of now we can pay as we go and not go back into debt. Hopefully, except, you know, I'm still trying to run a business, which takes a lot of money. But that's, that's the power of having a home, which is tough because... I mean, personally, I think it should be the law that if you're able to pay rent every month, obviously you can pay a mortgage every month. There shouldn't be an imaginary number saying, you know, well, you don't have this magic credit score, so you can't get a house. And you need that down payment. Yeah, the down payment. But people are paying rent more than we pay in mortgage, and they're paying it every month. And obviously, if they had a mortgage, they could pay it because they're paying the rent. Anyway, it's 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 hard to get a house. We'll do another real estate episode at some point. Yeah. But if you have a house and you have equity, you can do something like this. It's not the best solution, obviously, because your house is on the line. <laughs> it's a second mortgage. And we should point out that we bought this house at a perfect window when the interest rates were really low. 2020, COVID. Yeah. So, interest, yeah. It was during COVID. Interest rates were low. The housing market had not blown up yet. The the crazy prices for houses hadn't happened yet. We we got lucky with the timing. And so our mortgage plus the home equity loan, not bad. It's it's I mean, I'm not I don't love it, but it's not bad. And it's definitely better than what we had before. But if you do that, if you get a home equity loan, it it's a it's still attached to your house. Yeah. So it is a mortgage. It's a second mortgage. And regardless of the size of it, it's, it's going to be, it, it's like a baby mortgage. It's a smaller mortgage. And it will trigger all of the marketing that comes with people buying a house for the first time. <laughs> so we started getting all kinds of junk mail about, hey, um, you can get a loan here. You can get a loan there. Because like, hey, these people got a, these people just bought a house. They're probably... They probably need a bunch of stuff. Let's see if we can get them a high interest, you know, predatory loan. Yeah. So we get these notices that say final notice on them. Which are scary, right? You would think, oh my goodness, what's happening? Especially if you don't know what's going on in the world. Right. It's a final notice of their offer. You're like a an older person who doesn't quite understand these marketing schemes. Yeah. Scams? Scams is a better word. Scams and schemes both work. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, if you don't understand this, the, the fraud angle, there are people who get caught by this because they, they dress it up to look like a bill that's overdue and it says final notice. Like, oh my God, oh my God. And they do it in like pink paper and it's, I mean, you're like, oh my God, what is, oh, it's just crap mail. Yeah, and you'll see the name of your bank on it, and it'll say mortgage, and it'll say lender, and then the name of your bank. 
but it, it's not from your bank. It just has your bank's name on it. Yeah. And our one of them went to our neighbor's house by mistake, and she's like, I got some of your mail. It, it, it looks important. Yeah. So now she thinks we that we're like foreclosure or something. Yeah, and and you open it up and it's a final notice of their little offer to give you this stupid loan that you don't need. And yet they'll keep sending that final notice month after month after month. There's a there's a term for it. I don't know if it counts for paper, but it's called dark. No, it's not called rawa. <laughs> it's called dark patterns, and that's yeah, they're terrible. Dark patterns are. Or when a website uh, has misleading things on it where you're going to pay an extra 50 bucks unless you uncheck this one box that's hidden down at the bottom or something. And it's, it's when you build a web page to trick the user into agreeing to a bunch of stuff and they have to read the page very carefully and go uncheck this. and Yeah, they have to uncheck this and uncheck that or else they're going to get uh, scammed. And it's kind of a paper version of the of dark patterns. They just they just try to cheat. Yeah, they try to cheat you, Aberdeen. Is that like a dark web type of thing? Oh no, <laughs> the dark web. He's a web person, just so everyone knows. So once he starts talking computer, the, I'm sorry, the episode's over. But it's like, but the the there I, is no such thing as a dark web. I love the TV shows. The TV shows are like. <laughs> All the hackers are typing really fast, and that's how they fight. If you type too fast, you accidentally like hack into some important computer system, right? But but if if you if somebody tries to hack into your computer, you just have to type faster than that person, and then you win. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. There's an auction on the dark web. It's a secret web that only bad guys know about. Except apparently everybody else knows because they're trying to buy the thing. So I hear this every time I watch a show. Because all the shows I watch, there's always some dark web person. Because I watch as, all the criminal shows. Oh, it's not as bad as Zoom. Enhance. Zoom. Enhance. Oh yeah. The, when the FBI wants to get a better glimpse of the like license plate number or something to like zoom in on the it right doesn't like, really exist well it it a, exists a little bit <laughs> but you for for the stuff in the tv to work you'd have to have the guy at the little cheap convenience store on the corner would have to buy the most expensive high definition camera in the world whereas <laughs> he probably bought a cheap camera and that license plate in the background is one gray pixel you're not going to get a license number out of that, but they do in the movies all the time. Yeah, I oh, even saw, I even saw a CSI once where they had a four by six photograph, a paper photograph, but they scanned it into the computer at a high res, and that magically made it high res. Well, then. and they zoomed in on the <laughs> this woman's eyes and saw a reflection of the bad guy in her eye, where. The physical piece of paper that they scanned in the computer, her her eye was a splotch of ink. You're not going to get a reflection out of that. But in the movies, it's just like in TV and the movies, zoom and hang. I've stopped fighting it. I've, I've just, I try to. Although he'll still say words. Still I get mad. say words. I am sure if you watch a lawyer show and you have a lawyer in the room, I'll bet you they can't 
they can't stand it. I, I, oh, yeah. If well, you see your own job. Chef shows, unless it's like a chef competition. But even then, it's like, what are you doing? I got I got a movie for you. Was it um, New Year's Day? Oh, yeah. New, New Year's, Year's Day. Freaking what's her face. <laughs> Catherine Heigl. Yeah. The, the blonde chick. She is not a chef, obviously, because she was never in the kitchen. So... So we're not blaming the actor. <laughs> Catherine Heigl took a job yes. and she was acting in a movie. So it's not her fault. The writers. The writers and the directors and everything. They basically, she and her little crew had the biggest catering job of their career. It was a make or break catering job that they got. It was a real big deal. Yeah. And they were it's... talking about their feelings and stuff throughout the film. And it's like, you really should be... Cooking. You should be at least <laughs> chopping some onions while you say this. Doing should, something. Yeah. And... Not just walking and talking. you got to actually be doing something. So Kara's like watching the movie <laughs> and she's like, walk with a purpose. She's, she's Always. Getting, she's getting so mad. She's uh, like, why aren't you working? <laughs> so frustrating. Who's doing the prep right now? Unbelievable. To give you an idea of Kara's personality in the kitchen, <laughs> there's several t-shirts I bought her to reflect this. One of them... Just says no. Yes. That that yeah. No, it says no. Well, yeah. The the t-shirt yeah. just has this the word no on it. No. <laughs> and another one I bought that she really thought was funny is, it says, if you're going to cry in the walk-in, take a mop with you. Because I mean. Because like, apparently people do that. They cry in the oh, walk-in. We've all cried in the walk-in before. <laughs> I've gotten locked in a freezer walk-in before, so that was fun. But, um, that was in Boston. That was in Boston. Ah, so I've worked in many restaurant jobs. Uh, this, I don't even remember. It was named after some baseball player. Yeah, Red Sox. Go figure, right? So, sorry. I'm a Yankee fan. Um, I she know gave me... All you probably just turned the podcast off right then. <laughs> she gave me a t-shirt she wanted me to wear. And at the time, I was working a computer contract job. At, uh, I think it's BIDMC is the name of the hospital. And it's right down the street from Fenway Park. And she's like, here, I got you a shirt to wear. And it's like New York Yankees shirt. It's like, I am not. I am not taking the, the train to Kenmore Square and walking up towards Ken, towards Fenway, Fenway Park. No, Fenway. Fenway Park with that shirt on. Finley, Finley Park is... Chicago, isn't it? No. Oh. It is a park in South Carolina that's no longer called that. Oh, Uh, Oh, Wrigley is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Sorry. I'm mixing up my parks. But yeah, uh, Fenway Park, where the the Red Sox go. I think it was Jerry Remy restaurant. I don't think it's in operation anymore. She's trying to get me killed. She gave me a New York Yankees shirt, and she wanted (laughs) me to walk up in there, in that area, (laughs) with that on. Like, no. I'm from South Carolina. I don't understand this feud that you guys have, but I know I'm not wearing that shirt. But it's like, <laughs> although he doesn't really understand football either, but it's like the Clemson and Gamecocks or some yeah, the, uh, college U- football. University of South Carolina. Yeah, big. in South Carolina, it's the University of South Carolina and Clemson University that are rivals. Serious, like statewide rivals, and it's a big deal. And if those two teams play each other, the whole town is like packed with. <laughs> Columbia is packed with people and it's a nuisance and you just kind of want to stay in the house until they all go away. 
but it's 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 kind of a thing. Uh, down hot. south, it's more about college football. Yeah. Because they don't have a lot of professional teams down there, but they got a lot of college teams, so they they tend to go that way. Up here, it's all it's all professional. It's stuff. all professional. There's no real. I mean, there's a little college going on, but not as much. So. So Jerry, what was it? Jerry Remy. I Jerry think? Remy. Was and they that? were they had not opened it yet. They were still setting it up. Well, yeah. So new restaurant opening in the near near future, but they were breaking all the rules. And even though I had kitchen manager experience and all this pastry chef, they put me on garmage, which is the lowest of the totem pole uh, in the kitchen, and only making like ten dollars an hour, and I had to. Get on the T. We were living in Quincy at the time. Yep. Yep. And you know that we actually live there because we say Quincy. We say Quincy instead of Quincy. If you say Quincy, they know that you're not. <laughs> no, like, yeah. That's what we said while we lived there, but now we know better. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it took like over an hour to get there. and then... had to ride the red line and it was on, um, on a good day if it didn't stop for no reason <laughs> between stops. Boston Tea Transit yeah. Authority. I don't even remember it. how to get there. It was like honest. 45 minutes just travel time on the train. And that doesn't include walking through the train stations and stuff. Yeah. So, so obviously not getting paid what I should have been getting. But they were trying to open. They were breaking all the rules. They were... They had a health inspection and they told all of us employees to leave the premises because technically we weren't supposed to be there because we were prepping for services even though they hadn't had the health inspection yet. So that was fun. And then there was that one time I got locked in the freezer. So if you're familiar with a restaurant, you have a walk-in fridge which you can open from the outside and the inside. But this place had, you go through the fridge and then you have another walk-in that's a freezer part, which is the crappiest of all crappiest <clears throat> solutions to anything. They basically took one big walk-in and subdivided it and part of it became the freezer. And then so you, there was no, you weren't even there. You don't but that's know. what you told me. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember all of it. But there was no, you couldn't get out of the freezer. So you had to make sure, which I didn't know. Because why would you not have an out of a freezer if the door closed? Because the door always closes right behind you because it's a walk-in. And that's what they do to keep it temperature regulated. And so I was banging on the door for good 10, 15 minutes, no one heard me because it's a walk-in. So, yeah, <laughs> that was basically... So in order to escape, huh. you have to... The, the It's like you go through the fridge and then you go into the freezer. Yeah. So there's no other exit. You have to exit the freezer and then walk through the fridge and then walk to the restaurant. Yeah. So there is an entire refrigerated room between the door you're banging on <laughs> and another big thick insulated door and yeah. all of these doors if you're following the rules which these people are not for safety they're all supposed to have this 
button like I've if you've ever been in a walk-in, there's like a little like round thing you hit with your hand and it just unlocks it. You get out. Or a latch. Or a latch or something on the inside uh, for the very specific purpose of not trapping people in a refrigerator like it's 1955. Yeah. If you ever wonder why your refrigerator is held together with like magnets and stuff, it's because it used to be a latch and kids would go in the fridge to hide or something and get stuck in there because you could only open the fridge from the outside with the latch. So and crazy. I don't know why kids would go in the fridge, but kids do stuff. So, <laughs> and, and kids died because of that back in the day. So they changed the way fridges are built. And in a restaurant or really any place with a walk-in, you've got to have some kind of, but these guys were kind of stupid and they're flying. Well, that wasn't even and, part of, well, I mean, that was, one of the worst parts. But another part is we were open for service and because the fridge couldn't hold all the product, they had a refrigeration trailer truck oh, right. outside. <laughs> but in order to get there, you had to go down some stairs and go through this long lobby thing. And there was a security guard there. Because, God forbid, I mean, who, I mean, really, really you think you're that important? Baseball players, sorry. But they didn't want people coming in and out of the kitchen area, apparently. So if the security guard doesn't know you work there, because there was no, was there, was I wearing a uniform? I don't even remember. That's how I don't think they gave you squat. I, I, don't, think, I, don't I think you think had they... trouble at every step because you were yeah. so... You were so mad. I was every so mad. time you came home. But I couldn't even get into the refrigeration <laughs> and then get back into the kitchen for service because the security guard didn't know who I was and didn't realize I worked there. And then I was just like, you know what? No. no. Every time you came home, you were so <laughs> mad. I, was it the fridge? I think I, I feel like getting stuck in the fridge was. The, I think that the, was the last call. That was the, like the whole. Every, well, I mean, just being garmage after being a kitchen manager, and then so it the, was just. I should I should mention here that Kara mm -hmm. has actually opened restaurants before. Yes, this was not my first rodeo. So basically, they took someone who has professionally opened multiple restaurants. I think I opened and, one. Two, I think it was at that time two or three. Okay. One so, in New York. So someone who has professionally opened restaurants from start to finish to like not open to open, right? And someone who always passes health inspections every time. And to, to the nothing but noodles, you were working there when I met you. Yeah. And they always a, passed their health inspection. And then when after she quit, they failed it. Yeah, they went down after I left. <laughs> yeah. Not, I'm not saying because it was of me. Because, I am. well... No, you were the last thing holding that together. I was. It, it was a whole, that's a whole other episode if we yeah. ever want to get into it because. But the thing is, you got somebody that's done this before and is skilled enough. You had the skills to be in charge of that entire operation. I was. And you had done it all before in New York. Yeah. And so, and other places too. And they put her on a menial because she's she's a she's a woman. She's I'm a woman. She's a hundred pounds soaking wet, and she's got a small voice. Except when she decides that she doesn't, 
Like she <laughs> she barely speaks sometimes on this podcast, but then <laughs> if I get excited, I'm like oh, yelling. <laughs> oh, make her mad. See what happens. See see what see what you get if you make her mad. But or then, if she's in the kitchen, the the chef comes out and it, it's it's different. It's I mean, very it different. depends. There were days. Yeah, I mean, it gets hard, but... But they insulted you. They insulted they, me. They, they put you on the lowest thing, and then... Degraded me. You're, you're having to watch them do everything wrong. But then the best part was, is after I decide I'm just I'm just done, I don't give notice, because why would I give notice for a $10 hour job? Right. I mean, let's be honest. They didn't care about me. I didn't care about them. But I emailed them and I told them exactly why I was leaving and what they were doing wrong. You're so mad. I was so <laughs> mad and livid. And they had basically asked me, begged me to come back and promise it would be better. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Thanks. No, you don't no. even have a, a way out of your freezer. <laughs> I could have died. That's. I think the freezer was it. You're like, nope, nope. <laughs> Up till now, it was just marveling at their stupidity. But... Hang on. Dublin is coughing. coughing he's again. had a hard couple of days. He and he's all right. I'm gonna finish this thought and we'll talk about him. The up to that point you were marveling at their stupidity and frustrated really because if you had been in charge everything would have been okay. They would have but they wouldn't have it doesn't have to be that hard. No. And it doesn't have to be a mess if you know what you're doing. But rich people for some reason think that restaurants are easy money. That restaurants are turnkey and you can just buy a restaurant and just make a bunch. And then, then they find out, oh my God, this is actual work. Everyone's like, oh man, I got to be here like 15 hours a day. Yep. And print shops are the same way. I got a history in, in printing and print shops are the same way. A rich person buys a print shop and they think they're, they're just going to make so much money and everything's fine. And then they find out that, no, this is a job and it's work. And there's a lot of things out there. That are work and pretty much every shop that you, you see anywhere you go is work and it's skilled labor and you cannot just walk in there and make money. You're going to have to learn how to do it <laughs> properly. And anytime you have some guy that doesn't understand the trade and he buys it and he's making decisions because how hard could it be? It, it goes down. It, yeah. The place goes down hard. And and people like us who, you know, if you're working for minimum wage or if you're work, working for not much better, you, you learn to spot this stuff. And you see a guy come in and he's in charge and he's making really stupid decisions, but nobody can call him out on it because he's the big boss. Like, okay, this this moron's going to run the whole shop into the ground. I need to get out of here because I, I can't miss rent. I can't – if I miss a paycheck, I miss rent. So I got to have a job lined up. So you start looking for a job. And it, it, it's... It's hard. It's yeah. just hard. L luckily, I was making... I had started writing code for a living at that point, And I wasn't making very much. I wasn't really... I, I wasn't... I was very low on the organizational chart. And I was... But I was making just enough to kind of float us a little. But I still... We still needed Kara's income. But if she quit and we went a week or two without her having an income, we weren't totally sunk. We were just, it was just really scary and tight. You, you had to look for another job immediately. Oh, yeah. I think that's where I landed at the old 
foods for yeah. how was it? <laughs> well, no, that was in Vermont. No, that was Massachusetts. The the old folks' home mm-hmm. was in Massachusetts. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. We all right. We don't remember <laughs> the name of that place because she was half asleep one night as she was trying to tell me something. I think you might have been asleep and talking in your sleep or something. You were exhausted. And she couldn't find the words for it. And it was a retirement home. The mo- One of the most depressing atmospheres ever. Yeah. And Just so, you know, if you ever put your parents in one of these senior living homes, it wasn't a retirement home. It was senior living. Senior living. They and don't treat them right. And Kara had called it half asleep. She called it, she was trying to think elderly people. I work in the food industry. It's a home. So she ended up calling it the adult home for food. (laughs) And that became the name of the place. So even today, we don't remember the name of the place. (laughs) We call it the adult home for food. Yeah, it was, it was just sad being there. Kara had the strange and unusual belief that if you're paying that money for your parents to be there, the restaurant should be good. They should actually enjoy their food. Like, they required us to cook everything with no salt, no sugar. Like, I understand if you have some dietary needs and want to live longer, but these people, if you talk to them, they want good food. They want to finish their life out with good stuff to eat like if it was somebody's birthday they get a special meal so i would actually go to the resident and ask them what they would like and i would make it properly and they would enjoy it i didn't i mean the trouble was kara (laughs) wanted to kara's belief was that she was there to serve the people who lived there not the Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. Yeah, that word. (laughs) It amazes me that you have so much trouble with those words, but when we're in the kitchen, you'll name off all this weird stuff. I've never heard of this like spice or this thing. And and if it's a kitchen phrase, you're like, boom, 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 boom. Real words trouble me. Yeah. And so it's, it's like when we're in this podcast, I'll help her with a word. But we're in the kitchen, she'll rattle off a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? What I what did you say? I think I need to watch a, a little more Food Network and then come back so that I can understand what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she she was that that made you really sad. It made me super sad. Because they didn't the care. They didn't care they about didn't these people. Care. They just like minimum and if they were late, you, I think you told me if they were late for dinner, they didn't get it. Yeah. They if close they, the kitchen and, you know, If you. they were not feeling well and wanted to stay in their room, they did not get dinner because it was all, like, the way, it, the way it was set up, you make a big batch of something and serve it buffet style. You just plop it on a plate. It's like prison. I think that's the best analogy for it because it was... Because I almost worked in a prison, and then I was like, mm, that's probably not the best idea. What, in the kitchen? Yeah. So we almost moved to North Carolina, and that was a job offer. And I oh, was that like, was one of the ones? I was like, yeah. mm, because the inmates would be helping me in the kitchen. No against the inmates, but, I mean, 
It would have been awkward because it was a man's prison. And it was just, oh, yeah. It would have been weird and uncomfortable. So. so You're hearing Finia. Because yeah, she's, she wants her dinner, but she's got a few minutes. You got a few minutes. Finia is also a puggle, but she is actually. <laughs> More beagle. I, I think I don't think Finny is fifty fifty. I think yeah yeah. I think the beagle is more. Yeah. She's got like the barrel chest of a pug. But she's got like a real nose. Yeah, real snout. Long so ears. When I was running every day with Finia, five k, ten k, whatever. Uh, basically, she's got enough normal nose for a dog that her airway is perfectly fine, but she's got a pug's barrel chest. So basically she has amazing lung capacity and she can run forever. Uh, used to. <laughs> used to. Nowadays she's a little older and, uh, and she's gained a little bit of weight because the, <laughs> the ducks will just lay eggs anywhere. And she has been fighting them for us. I'm trying to train her to find the egg and leave it. But... So far no luck. It, to, <laughs> let me put it this way. When I, when I used to run with Finia... Uh, I in this in cities and things, uh, she would I would have to run the same route several times, because the first time down a route she would check every individual blade of grass and sniff everything. When we lived in Bath, Maine, my route took me past the high school. We were just down the street from from the local high school, so we'd run past that, and Finia would smell hundreds of people, like the entire town, the entire area bringing their kids to that school. And a dog can tell you who's been there over the past couple of days. So she would freak out and go, oh my God, the information. And she would sniff everything. And I had to take her past that high school a bunch of times before she finally relaxed and would run past it. So so her nose is, she would run full speed with her nose by the ground and just checking things out as we go. I would look down and Suddenly, she had a stick that she didn't have a minute ago, or a tennis ball, or I don't know where the hell she got that tennis ball. I don't know. She has brought many home. Yeah. So like, what the? <laughs> I she would pick up. One time, it scared me. She picked up a, a wad of saran wrap that had been around somebody's lunch, and they tossed it. And she started like hacking, like she couldn't breathe. And I swept her mouth and got it out of there. I have swept her mouth so often. That even today she's comfortable with us having our hands in her mouth because I, I used to consistently sweep her mouth for mystery crunchies on a regular <laughs> basis, just all the time. What did you What did you grab? So now all that skill is focused on a yes. We literally our dogs have moved to a farm upstate <laughs> where they can run around and play. <laughs> they actually have. And one of my and she'll find an egg. She'll find an egg anywhere on the property. My future goal is to have a children's book of Finia moves to the farm stuff because she's really cute on there and she likes to watch all the animals. She doesn't bother them like some dogs, like her puppy Aberdeen. Finny plays Chase correctly. Finny is like Chase me. <laughs> if you've seen any of our TikToks or Instagrams, you, you'll know what we're talking about, but. Uh, Kara filmed one from inside the goat house and all the goats are at the door and Finia darts back and forth in front of them and runs away and then comes back, darts back and forth, run away. 
because she's trying to convince, she thinks the goats are going to chase her. She's like, play with me. Play with me. It's really adorable, but the goats are like. <laughs> they just watch. Her. There's a communication failure there because the goats are like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, and she's like, chase me. She goes off and the goats are like, what? <laughs> but she doesn't chase them. She wants them to chase her. Yeah. And she's very comfortable with all the animals. It's, it's really cool, except she's got like a, a forensic laboratory in her face. Yeah. And if there's an egg laying around anywhere on the property, she'll find it and eat it. And, and we've had to reduce her dinner. We don't feed her the same amount. Yeah, she's uh, gained a little bit. Yeah, so we're having to adjust her. And what's the solution? Never let her outside? Come on. Yeah. No. So we're trying, to, we're trying to train her. We're trying to solve it. But We're trying. It was funny today, though, because she was out back with me helping. And she found some eggs. And the ducks follow her now. Because once she's done with the insides, the ducks get to play with the shell and eat that. So that's a fun thing. <laughs> I wonder if they're looking for to re reclaim the proteins in the shell. Calcium. Maybe? Shells have calcium. Like I know a lot of chicken people feed back the shells of the chicken eggs to their chickens for the calcium. But I didn't want to start that habit in case they just go for the full egg and then we're left with no eggs. Should we maybe, that makes me wonder if we should adjust their diet so they don't crave yeah, that. Yeah, the ducks might need some calcium. So oyster shell is another good option. I got to see if ducks are good with oyster shell, but chickens definitely are. You're always going to be thinking about this stuff if you got a farm. Yeah. And I was giving free, <clears throat> free toys of oyster shell for the chickens, but then they kept pooing in it, so... It's it's weird to me how chickens will purposefully put their butt above a food container. I saw one yesterday. Was it yesterday? It takes it effort. Not, but anyway, I saw one sitting on the goat water with her butt directed right in the water. I'm like, no, dude. We do not sit on the water buckets like that. Thank you. Bye. That's, that's revenge because we don't let them <laughs> nest in the goat's feed hay anymore. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They're all so funny. So funny to watch. I have no idea what I'm going to title this episode. Free-for-all episode. <laughs> it's mostly your job history. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more. But You were so mad at that place in Boston, though. Cause oh, my gosh. It, all the Boston jobs mm -hmm. were terrible. Here's the thing. I, I have tried to cook for her. <laughs> but here's what happens. What we normally do is she cooks dinner for all of us. Right for the two of us. For, well, for the two of us, right? <laughs> now, getting the dogs' dinner, I do their breakfast and she does their dinner typically. But for our dinner, she always cooks it, and I do the dishes. I have tried to cook for her, but she's a chef. Yeah. And I don't know if some of you have heard about this, but when you're when you're cooking a meal, some things actually go on the stove before other things. You don't put them all in the same time. I don't know if you know this, but they, they cook differently. So you, you, you put some things first and then other things later. I learned that because somebody yelled at me. <laughs> sometimes you got to preheat, preheat a pan. You got to preheat a pan sometimes. Or not burn butter in the pan. You see, this is what I'm talking about. So I'll, I'll, I'll start <laughs> cooking. And the stuff that she's talking about right now is when I'm making my own breakfast and she's not involved and then she either finds the dishes later or she I like, gotta do most of the dishes she walks up on me 
as I'm doing it. But when I'm cooking dinner for her, she hovers. She's nearby. There's some side eye. There's muttering. I mean, I got to eat it, right? <laughs> there's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why didn't you do this first? All that's going. And eventually I get like an elbow to the ribs and I just, I get physically shoved out of the way. <laughs> and then she does it. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll do the dishes. So I, I, I don't cook anymore. Oh, crap. I, I, Speaking of which, what's for dinner? <laughs> I, also, because she's a chef. Dang it. <laughs> we don't have a dinner schedule. We, we, every day, Kara agonizes over what we're going to have for dinner that night. Well, there are some days where I'm like, oh, I want this. So I'll prep stuff or make sure I have it going. But some days they're like, holy crap, it's dinner time. Now what? Okay. Sure. Right. And then, and then I, lately I make a, myself an omelet every morning. So we have so many eggs. We have so many eggs. If we you're looking for eggs, we got Right. And on a morning where Kara is working... Or she's got a farmer's market or she's got some other reason why she's in the kitchen. I'm not allowed because I'm working. <laughs> I'm not allowed to use the sink. So I have to stack my, my pan for my omelet and my plate and stuff over to the side. And she's like, I'll get them, just go away. I'm like, Okay, okay, I'm out, I'm out. Because the sink is so, sanitized and clean or has bakery stuff in it. And I do not want it to be contaminated. So if I make a mistake, it's like it's like a, a CSI forensic thing. But she everything is gluten-free. There is no gluten in the house. Right, right. So Every, the whole house is... about that. It's just his egg dishes and his weirdness. Right. And, so if I burn butter yes, or if my egg goes too long and I don't, don't do my egg correctly... There's like a forensic CSI thing in the pan, and she looks at the pan and goes, she just knows all the things I did wrong. And we also need a couple of new pans because the nonstick is no longer a nonstick. But. Right. So it's it. The kitchen is a very serious place where professional stuff happens. Yes. So it's not like a normal kitchen. So I've kind of resigned myself to just most of the time I just do the dishes and I try to get out the way. Yeah, this is mostly a kitchen episode. Yeah. And so so basically now you've got... Although I do yell at him for doing the dishes too because he tends to bring all the water to the drying mat for... <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how. But the drying mat is becomes a wet rag. I'm trying to do better. <laughs> so I have to change it like every day, which is frustrating because you can only do kitchen laundry... With kitchen laundry, and I gotta wait till it builds up, which I mean, it's once a week anyway, but it's still frustrating. So I'm trying to do better, but that is <sighs> anyway. not my professional environment. That is not I. I have no particular skills in that area. It's a drying <laughs> mat. It shouldn't be soaked, and I, I shouldn't have to change it every day because it's literally a drying mat. So I'll do better, but but the thing is, <laughs> she's she's actually a professional. In the kitchen, it's it's yes, it's not wear, just. A, I don't wear a hairnet, but I wear a handkerchief over my hair. I'm gonna lie to them. I'm gonna tell them that you have one of those really tall chef hats. <laughs> no, those are for douchebags. Sorry, <laughs> like, you get some true. guy that some guy that's five foot six and he's mad about it, and he gets like a like a sixteen inch chef hat, so that he's tall. Yeah, those are like. <laughs> look at me! Oh, we forgot to mention. One of the funny things about the was it the old folks for home 
this guy adult an, home for food adult home for food they they hired this new guy this kid who just graduated from culinary institute culinary institute cordon bleu in boston fancy right oh right i remember this guy oh <laughs> but they don't teach you how to make mashed potatoes <laughs> so wasted degree so this guy you goes to a judge. He goes to a fancy school, <laughs> and Kara didn't. Kara, learned, I never went to culinary school. Yeah, Couldn't she, afford it. She learned by working on the line. Okay, <laughs> so she got yelled at. She and graded, belittled, all, all that all stuff. The so this guy from Cordon Bleu, this fancy schmancy school, is like asking for help making mashed potatoes, <laughs> and. Yeah, when dude. when when I was told that story when she got home, there's look. This is a family friendly podcast. I can't really tell you the the words that were said, but there were there were words like "What is? Can you believe this?" You know, but it, it's it's definitely different when someone goes to culinary school and goes right on the job as opposed to working the line. Yeah, and if you ever watch Hell's Kitchen, something that I never would have picked up on. If I wasn't married to a chef, if you notice, the women's team always does better than the men's team, consistently. Yeah, they do better than the men's team. Because, they don't always win, but but you typically have more. Like, there's a spectrum. There's strong chefs on both teams, but the women's team will consistently have more strong chefs. Yeah, they'll the win team. more challenges. Yeah, not necessarily win. The food aspect, but challenges. Don't. Right, you get to individual challenges. It's different, but yeah. as a team, as a if you look at the group, they're typically better overall. And the reason is, every woman on Hell's Kitchen has survived this extremely sexist environment where everybody is trashing you and trying to push you out all the time, and you're looking at the survivors. Oh my goodness, we didn't even discuss my kitchen time and. South Carolina. That's a whole. That's thing. a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode because that's a. <laughs> because that's a whole other country. <laughs> I I took a twelve month contract in South Carolina. I thought you could see it. You could meet my family, all that stuff. It was nice to this, meet his family. Period. The the short version before we do a podcast episode on it is I realized that I had carefully curated a social network in South Carolina that is a subset of the state and she basically was exposed to the whole state. Yeah. And so I didn't think of it in the same way because I had spent years growing up picking the particular places I go and people I hang out with. And she had to just be exposed <laughs> to the the raw South Carolina. So we'll, we'll do a whole episode on that. I did meet some very nice friends who I'm still in contact with, but other than that, it yeah. was a, it was a living experience, I guess. There's like every place you go, good or bad, there's always going to be good people there. You would think it, it doesn't it really exist, but it does. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think we've ended our time. We gotta yeah. move on. But, the, but the, to sum up on the on the Hell's Kitchen thing, the dudes on Hell's Kitchen, full spectrum of good and bad and, and indifferent. The full spectrum of skill, right? But the women's team, every single one of those women survived an extremely sexist environment that is trying to make you quit and trying to push you out. So there's a certain level of strength that they have 
in order to still be in the industry. Yeah. So if they're there at all at that level, it's because they've already been through that and survived that. So think about that. And, and it's then, really sad because when people think as chefs, when you're little, your mom's always cooking for you. Why can't your mom run a restaurant? I mean, right. it's just it's like just every stupid. every chef talks about his grandmother's cooking was so great. Like, at what point does your grandmother become incompetent that she can't run a kitchen? Yeah. If her recipe is so great. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So think about that and think about Kara walking in with all this professional skill and and these Boston guys putting her in, a, in, a, in the lowest role. Garmache, if you don't know, is making salads. It's just making salads. Right. That's it. And so, so she's watching these guys try to start a restaurant and she has already started several and she's watching them do every, it's like a large scale version of her watching me cook. <laughs> Cause I, every time I try to cook, she's like, Oh, what are you doing? You're killing me. I, I have heard that phrase so many times. <laughs> That's my go-to. You're phrase. killing me. You're ki- Why are you doing move, move, <laughs> move. And she just pushes me. Yeah. Right. See, it was, it was that except as my wife, she can just yell at me and tell me to move, and I move. But she was, these were her bosses, and she couldn't yell at them, and they were doing the dumbest possible things. And I was younger. You were younger. But you know what? Now I'm older, and honestly, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I mean, I do in a way because I have a lot of anxiety and issues, but people need to know the truth, and I'm just I'm tired. I'm tired of keeping everything in. So it's just like, I'm going to tell you to your face if you suck. Sorry. Uh, she has hired and fired. I have. So we'll I've get, gotten death threats as well. So We'll, we'll get more into that another time. <laughs> yeah, but, there's there's a lot of history. Right. <laughs> but just, to, just to, I mean, keep that stuff in mind when you look at cooking shows and stuff. It's a hard life. Yeah. Because you don't get benefits unless you're one of these food network phenomenons or if you work in a you make less than the wait staff yeah because you don't make tips so you make maybe well now it's a little higher it's like i don't know what it is now because i can't get hired anywhere because once you try to run your business no one wants to hire you after that but, yeah, because they think you'll you'll you won't want to work for anybody else, which yeah. is kind of true. Trying to well, no, we were living in Rhode Island, and I applied to all these places. And you were willing to work for somebody. I else. I was willing, but they didn't want to hire me. So what I do in return, I told them what they were doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, which is probably not the best thing, but, but it, it it made me feel better. <laughs> and in closing, <laughs> when she got locked in the freezer. <laughs> In Boston. I probably should have stayed there. And she was like so mad. She's like, it's not enough that I'm quitting. I have to tell these people why I'm quitting. But I can't do it to your face. So I will do it in writing. So I'm better at writing and not looking at someone. Because public speaking or, you know, so people scare me. Yeah, it's But, but when you're in charge of a kitchen, if, if you're the, what was it called? The salad? Garmage. Garmage, you're not going to do that. But if you were a kitchen manager, you would have gotten their face and said, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, I'd and yell at you. So, because she respects the chain of command. I was not respected. But. Right, but she respects. 
But it had to feel, after you sent that email, and they're like, come back, please, please, baby, come back. Mm-hmm. It had to feel good to say no. Oh, it did. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> it's like, mm, thanks, but no. All right, I'll come up with a title for this in editing. Okay. That was a fun one. Sorry, yeah, we the, just had to rant and rave and yeah, do whatever. A number of these, I think. We didn't want to do a boring episode on fences. I mean, it's useful. Don't hey. get me wrong. Hey. I know. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's useful, but I can't contribute as much. And let's be honest, you want to hear fun stuff and all the crazy stuff we've been through and how we got here and how you can get here even though you've been through crazy stuff. So That's true. That's true. So it's never too late to start a farm, basically. A certain amount of life <laughs> is random chance and luck. There's a limited amount that you can control. So our hope is that if you get something that you can actually control, we want to help you make the right decision because regular people, if we make a mistake, the consequences are forever. <laughs> if, if rich people make a mistake, they just do it again. They don't care. They, they don't care. They just pay it off. They just pay it off and do it again. And they keep trying and trying until they, until they win. But for us, if you oh my god, if you start a restaurant, if you oh, put, forget about it, and you fail, or or if a hurricane comes and blows up the building that you're in, yeah, then that's that's it. And then so, people will be like, "Well, why did you open a restaurant there?" I'm like, "What about those people in New Jersey who never thought a hurricane would come through and destroy right. everything?" I mean, I I have had that. That's another <laughs> podcast. Should, but yeah, I've, you should have just done this. I've had that so. conversation with conservatives about you shouldn't have put your business there. It's like, okay, so certain cities should <laughs> not have any businesses. Anyway, that's crazy. Anyway, the, so. the the point is, we don't get. A lot of second chances. We if, if we make a mistake, the consequences are heavy. We want to do community. We want to put our heads together and help each other make the best possible decision so that we, we want to reduce the percentage chance that, that you get screwed over, basically. Yeah, basically. I want to help everyone. And there was something I was going to say, but I don't remember now. So sorry. That that happens to people, <laughs> especially when you're getting older or exhausted. I don't believe in senior so, moments at all. I, well, you know, you know what happens? When I was 14 years old, I didn't have to keep track of anything. Now I have to keep track of so much stuff. All we, the things we we forget stuff. Senior moments are just a you're just responsible for a lot of stuff. We'll just say adult moment. Yeah, adult moment. Yeah, because you're responsible for a lot of stuff, and you got to keep track of it all, and it's a lot. Yeah. Sometimes you mess it up. And life is short, so if you want to do what makes you happy, I'm not saying go quit your job right now, but, you know, do what makes you happy because you never know. All right. So All right. that's enough of this. Words of wisdom. <laughs> Words of wisdom. It's already a long podcast episode, even after I edit down the Even though we novels. talked about miscellaneous whatever. All right. We got to feed the dogs because Finny is going hysterical. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye.